Welcome to the 100th episode of Footsteps to Heaven. Let's celebrate with excerpts from the top 10 episodes. Number 10. Helpers from Heaven. Every day there's probably some kind of challenge that you face, as do I, that really is beyond our own ability to handle all by ourselves and even by human means of the help of friends or family or whatever. You know, every day there are ways that God wants to provide help that you have a guardian angel who is especially assigned to you because of the life that you've had and will have. That guardian angel, is that angel bored? Is that angel sitting by just waiting for you to ask for help? Or are you actually enlisting the help of that angel? Because angels help us, yes, but they wait. This is their assignment. They wait for us to ask for their help. We need to say, my guardian angel, I need your help as part of the way God set up the community, the communion of saints. The angels are part of the communion of saints. And to be community, we need to have a relationship, which means we need to not expect our angels to automatically take care of everything. And if they don't, then it means that they don't really, they're not there or they don't care or, or what they don't exist, whatever. And I say, come Holy Spirit, tell me, what I need to do. Guardian angel, help me hear the Holy Spirit. Because I often don't hear the Holy Spirit very well because my own mind is busy coming up with solutions and or possible solutions. And, and so I've learned to ask the guardian angel, help me hear what the Holy Spirit's telling me. And in the next moment, an idea pops into my head, and I've learned to trust that idea. I pursue it, and sure enough, that's exactly where I need to find a solution. It's exactly the fix that I was looking for. It happens time and again. It doesn't always happen because I'm imperfect, and, and I sometimes still get my own mind in there busy coming up with a solution. And then my guardian angel is probably sitting there going, Oh, Terry... Come on, I'm trying to give you the answer. Number nine. Three healing messages from God today. What do you think God might be telling us as individuals and the whole world right now in this time in our history? What one message do you think God wants to get through to everybody in all the craziness that's going on? Several years ago, the Lord drove home to me the message that I believe he is trying to say to the whole world right now. I had traveled to Rome on a pilgrimage. And at the end of that trip, I was going around visiting some of the special sites, the churches, the catacombs, and, and so forth, with a good friend of mine, Father Joseph Kimu from Malawi. And one of the things that was so special, so precious about that experience was that 
he had connections in the Vatican offices and through those connections he got us a very close seat to the Pope during the Papal Mass out on St. Peter's Square. And after Mass ended, it was mayhem there. I mean, the crowds were so thick. And Father Joseph, he was leading me to where we were going to get back to the place where we needed to reach next. I had a hard time keeping up with him. The crowds were pushing against me. The crowds were going every which way, and I needed to follow Father Joseph. So I was so scared of losing track of him and him not noticing that I wanted to make sure there was no space between him and me for anybody to get in. Nobody could come between us, because if anybody got between us, I might end up veering off in the wrong direction. I might get shoved off into the wrong direction. So I stuck so close to him that I nearly had my toes on his heels. I almost tripped over him. And I could see the hairs on the back of his neck. And as I was focusing on the hairs on the back of his neck, so that I could stay so close that nothing would interfere with me following him, I heard Jesus tell me, this is how close you are to stay to me. That changed my life. That changed my perspective. From then on, I'm like, yes, yes. I had already wanted to do that, but boy, was that really driven home to me through that example, through that experience. We need to stay so close to Jesus, following him so closely that we can see the symbolic, you know, the figurative hairs or the visualization, you know, if we visualize Jesus with our imagination, the hairs on the back of his neck. We need to be so close to Jesus, following him, that there is no room for anybody or anything to come between us no way for anybody to shove us deliberately or accidentally in the wrong direction. That's how we are supposed to be living our Christian life. Number eight. Three keys in turbulent times to grow closer to Christ. There's always extra graces that come out of turbulent times. There's extra graces that are injected into the very turbulence of the times that we suffer. And I'd like to share with you three graces, or you could call it three keys, that bring us closer to Christ during turbulent times. The first one is to realize that everything is sacred. Everything is in the hands of God. Yes, even the evil things, God makes the sacred come out of it. The first key, my friend, is to realize that there is a gift embedded in whatever is going on in our lives, or there are gifts the way to understand that, the way to receive the grace of recognizing the gift that God is giving you 
is to detach. The, 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 the virtue of detachment brings us closer to God. It helps us attach ourselves to God. Detachment is a letting go of how we think things should be going, of, of what we think should happen, what we think how our prayer should be answered, uh, how fast the turbulent time should end. You know, whatever we think about it, let it go. Detach from it. And we do that simply by saying, Lord, you are the one in charge. You will make good come from this. You will help me by your grace to understand what the gift is in this bad stuff that's going on. The second key is penance. And by the way, we don't necessarily do it in the order that I'm providing these keys to you in, okay? But penance is extremely extremely important when we say Lord I need your help to grow in holiness that's a penance we need to have self-awareness come Holy Spirit we need to be praying come Holy Spirit reveal the truths to me about myself the truths that are holding me, the truths about myself, things in myself, in my life, in my decisions, the, the ways I've sinned that are holding me back from being fully united to you, O Lord, that are holding me back from living the victorious life of the Christian, the supernatural life of the Christian. And when we ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth to us, he does, but he's a gentleman. If you feel scolded, that's the devil trying to trick you and to make you feel bad and to get you attached to feeling bad. The Holy Spirit provides a grace with the awareness, provides the, the sense of victory the third key is prayer your prayer life needs to grow always our prayer lives need to grow need to improve the third key to growing closer to Christ in the midst of turbulence is to do something in your prayer life that changes, that changes how you pray, that changes your heart, that changes your, 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 your understanding of what's going on. Number seven. Be not afraid. Do you need to hear Jesus say to you today, be not afraid? But we need to think logically. Fear tells us not to do that. Programming tells us to be afraid and fear in turn keeps us from overcoming the programming that's wrong. To overcome the false evidence that appears real, 
simply do this prayer. I've used this every time fear is making me nervous about something and it works. Pray, come Holy Spirit, fill me. Come Holy Spirit, renew me. Come Holy Spirit, you are the spirit of truth. Tell me the truth that fear is hiding. Tell me the truth, Holy Spirit, that conquers this fear. The Holy Spirit tells us things when we have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit that enables us to live the life of the courageous Christian. The life that God wants to give to you, my friend. He wants you to be free from the controls of fear and live in the wonderfulness of hope, live in the truth of faith, and live the bold life of a courageous Christian. Number six. The healing of the sacred heart of Jesus. Today, I would like to bring some healing to your heart. I would like to bring to you the healing that comes from Jesus, from his sacred heart to your precious heart. Because you know what? Your heart is very precious to him. Your feelings in your heart of suffering, of pain, of hopes, of dreams, of joys, of everything that we say goes on in the heart, the heart of our being, the heart of our soul, the heart of our life, that center of us. This is where the Lord Jesus wants to dwell more fully so that he can heal you more fully and so that he can help your dreams come true, the dreams that God the Father has planted in you, and so that Jesus can help you to become the saint that the Father has designed you to be and the Holy Spirit is empowering you to be, so that Jesus' sacred heart is alive in you, and so that others can see and are evangelized by the presence of the sacred heart of Jesus in you. Number five. Revelation 3.16, an important message from Jesus for today. I'd like to share with you the scripture from the book of Revelations that I think is probably the most important scripture for today's times. But before I read that to you and unpack it for you, let's look at another scripture that's chapter 3 verse 16. What famous scripture comes to mind when you hear 3.16? John 3.16, right? This is where Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. This is the promise that Jesus is giving to everybody. John 3.16 is best understood in today's world, in my opinion, in light of Revelation 3.16, which goes like this. Jesus is saying, Because you are lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Jesus is saying that anyone who has a mediocre faith, lukewarm in the faith, Somebody who straddles the fence, neither hot nor cold. They have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. 
if that's the way we're living, we are being, we're, according to Revelation 3.16, we're upsetting the stomach of Jesus. We're making him so sick to his stomach that he's vomiting us out. You can't get to heaven if Jesus has vomited you out. If you are fully living the teachings of the Catholic faith and fully aware of what's in Scripture and le leading the life that is Spirit-filled based on the teachings of Scripture, then kudos to you. You are truly pleasing Jesus. And He is very happy with you. Number four. Wielding the Sword of the Spirit. Let me ask you a question. Doesn't it seem like there's an awful lot of people in our world today who just have no faith, no interest in religion, no interest in Catholicism, no interest in Jesus Christ, regardless of how they were raised? Remember, the Word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow. So when you, my friend, speak the truth, you are wielding the Holy Spirit himself, who is the truth. You are sharing straight from the heart of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, with that person's heart. And someday, if that person has any goodness in him. And where does goodness come from? It comes from God himself. If that person wants to spend eternity with Jesus, when he or she realizes the truth about Jesus, if that person were to think of anybody you want to think of who you personally know and you've been praying for, if the veil were lifted. All the lies and deceits, all the trickery of the world and lies of demons, if that was all lifted from them and they had a, a moment of aha and see everything clearly, that's the Holy Spirit. The only thing they see then is the Holy Spirit, the truth. Would that person, imagine that person, with nothing on their mind, nothing in their vision, nothing in their field of vision, but the Holy Spirit and the truth. And Jesus Christ presenting it to them, wielding the Spirit as a sword, a two-edged sword. Would that person want to spend eternity with Jesus? That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what the sword of the Spirit does. That's what happens at the moment of death. And hopefully... It happens on another day of reckoning that's some kind of a conversion experience, an awakening. Number three. How to overcome the pain of frustration. What is frustrating you? Would you like to get rid of this frustration? Well, I'm going to give you eight steps for finding true and lasting inner peace no matter what is going on around you. The first step is to identify what is making you feel frustrated. Think of this. Some people can deal with this very same problem and not get frustrated. So why is it irritating you so much? Take a look at the true cause. Where is your anger really coming from? Because frustration is a type of anger. 
It always comes from somewhere inside of ourselves, somewhere deep, an unmet need, an inner wound, a memory that needs healing. Perhaps you're feeling frustrated because someone isn't changing fast enough to suit you. Perhaps you're feeling frustrated that someone needs to improve in order to make your life more pleasant and it's not happening. And the minute you start focusing on what Jesus is bringing to you in resurrection, you are resurrected from your own cross. Number two, how I met the Holy Spirit. I would like to share with you in this episode of Footsteps to Heaven, my own personal story about how I met the Holy Spirit. God's plan is that he wants us to come to him and say, come Holy Spirit, fill me. Come Holy Spirit, renew me. Come Holy Spirit, I do want to be holy. I do regret my sins. I do want to become more aware of what my sins are. I do want you to change me. I do want to live the life that you are calling me to. Even if it means sacrificing things that I don't really want to sacrifice at this moment. I don't... I hope he doesn't ask me to sacrifice this or this or that. Come Holy Spirit, you have my permission to change me. That needs to be our daily prayer. I grew up not knowing the Holy Spirit's role in my life. I didn't know that he has been made available to help me to be a holy saint. All I knew was that Jesus was my Savior And as my Savior, he was my best friend, my best ally. Um, You know, he he helped me when I prayed. and, And, you know, he was a very important part of my life. But when we don't have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, no matter how much we love Jesus, we have big holes in our armor, Ephesians 6, talks about the armor of faith that we're to wear. We have big holes in our armor that demons can get through. It's the ability to feed us lies and trick us. When we are not filled and and totally taken over by the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit is not possessing us so fully that our every waking moment is connected to the Holy Spirit, guided by the Holy Spirit, um, relying on the Holy Spirit, being aware that if we are not relying on the Holy Spirit, we are going to sin, we're going to fall, we're going to, to do things that we'll later regret. When we rely on the Holy Spirit, we can detect what is false. There's something in us that goes, Wang! Something's not right about that. You know, I call it warning flags from the Holy Spirit. Something's uneasy in my spirit about it. And and I need to pay attention to that and pray. Why am I feeling uneasy about that? What's making me uncomfortable? What's the message of fear? What's the lie in the fear? Fear is usually based on something true and then takes it to a level that makes us distrust the Lord or interferes with our quality of life or causes us to sin or, um, or, or just makes us live in anxiety when Jesus is saying, peace be with you. You know, this even goes so far as 
as being able to discern when somebody's lying to us. And the Holy Spirit says, Boing! That's not true. You like my little sound effects of what the Holy Spirit sounds like? Boing! <laughs> There's something inside of us that goes, Whoa, pay attention to the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit's trying to say. All of this that I'm, I'm talking about here is... The reason why it's so important, especially today, to have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to share with you how I met the Holy Spirit. Like I said before, I loved Jesus. I was a very devout follower of Jesus. But because I didn't have the Holy Spirit as in a personal relationship, yes, I had the Holy Spirit in me through baptism, but I was not living an active life in the Holy Spirit. I did not know how to do that. I didn't know I could. I didn't know there was an option. And because of that, demons were able to trick me into believing lies. The way they tricked me, they found a vulnerability. My vulnerability was I had read in scripture about the miracles that took place. And I said, Lord, why aren't there miracles today? And so I went seeking the supernatural, and I didn't find it in my church. What I want to talk about and continue talking about right now is how the Holy Spirit got a hold of me. After being in this state of mess, not the state of grace, the state of mess, where I, I really was getting more and more into sin through rebellion and other things as well, the Holy Spirit began to, to call me and I began to feel, I became aware of it. Because something had happened in my conversations with this priest friend. And he didn't tell me about the Holy Spirit, but as he told me about the Eucharist and the Holy Spirit began to, to confirm the validity of this in me, I was just consumed by desire to receive Jesus in the Eucharist and with that to have the fullness of God. Number one. Prayers for your lost loved ones. Probably you have someone in your life because this is very prevalent in today's world. Someone who is away from the church. Maybe it's an adult child of yours who you raised in the faith, but they've they've stopped believing or they've stopped believing that they need to go to church and they formed their own kind of sort of religion and their own thinking or maybe they've left the church for the occult um, or other other things of the world you know there's so much in today's world that is pulling people away from Christ we're living in very dark times very demonic times I hear from a lot of people prayer requests for loved ones, usually children, sometimes spouses, sometimes other people, who are in darkness. And I have people like that in my own family. It's very prevalent. And we're concerned, aren't we, about their salvation? Because you know what? If they have turned away from Christ, they're in mortal sin. They're in danger of going to hell. 
if they are someone who has been raised to know that the Eucharist is truly Jesus, but they've stopped going to church, they're in mortal sin. They're rejecting Jesus. But I'm not here to worry you because God is a God of mercy. I'm here to give you hope. We need to realize that this suffering of our broken heart is in itself a powerful prayer. It is not something to anesthetize ourselves against because it is your heart united to the sacred heart of Jesus longing for that loved one's salvation, longing for that loved one's repentance, longing for that loved one's reconciliation with you, with the Lord, longing for that loved one to come alive, fully alive in the faith. And we are coming to a day when your prayers will be answered. Because nothing that Jesus prays for goes unanswered. And Jesus is praying with you in your pain, your suffering over this loved one's, uh, this loved one's condition of, of his soul or her soul is united to the passion of Jesus when he died for them. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for, blank, that the two-edged sword of the Holy Spirit severs anything that is not of you, Lord Jesus. And I thank you and I praise you, my Lord. Amen. You could do that once every day for this person or use the rosary beads and pray this 50 times a day by, you know, praying this on each bead of the rosary. May you set us free through the scourging of your son, heal us through his wounds, and save us through his precious blood. Amen. And now let us pray one last prayer. The prayer that I believe is so important that I end each of my podcasts with this. A prayer that is for you. Because the more you pray this prayer, the more you are filled with the Holy Spirit and his power and his grace, his holiness, that makes all the other prayers that you do effective, much more effective. Come Holy Spirit, fill me. Come Holy Spirit, renew me. Come Holy Spirit, anoint me. Come Holy Spirit, purify me. Come Holy Spirit, I want all of your graces. I want all of your gifts, your supernatural gifts in my life so that I can live the supernatural life. Come Holy Spirit, purify me so that I may be more effective in this world for you. Come Holy Spirit, you have my permission to change me. Amen. God bless you. You've been listening to Terry Modica of Good News Ministries. For more faith builders or to learn more about this ministry, come visit our website at gnm.org.